This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey y'all, Bayou Bendis here. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and, of course, hockey. And DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat in all of the action. Making a line on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion to users across the sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code THPN. New users will get a free entry with the first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more. He's my brother, Mike. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the Brothers of Discussion, hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a hope. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey. To bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the Winged Wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast of your Detroit Red Wings. And I'm going to play games like, who's that? Who's that come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashell. And we got to figure out who that Red Wing <laughs> is. Every episode... We put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Iserman and play Be the GM, finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave and Greg Wyshynski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Welcome back to another episode of Habs Nightly, folks. Uh, it's me, Bayou Benders, alongside me, Dixon. How you doing, buddy? Like shit. How are you, bud? I don't. I didn't drink like you last night as much. Um, it's just the humidity's back, and that is plaguing my sinuses. So we're both in a bit of a pickle today. Oh yeah. Well, I thought I'd rather 
endure the sufferance of the worst hangover I've had in two years than have to go through watching the Habs lose another fucking game to teams we should just be slapping. All right, so game one, you're, you're 100% right. Game one, it seemed like we had the momentum. You know, you, you get – it seems every team that gets, a you know, an interim or a new coach or, you know, there's been changes. The first game's normally a successful game, you know. And it looks so for us. I mean, we put up, if I'm not mistaken, four goals, three or four goals. Um, we looked really good offensively. Um, it was a bit slow in the beginning, but it was still very aggressive, if that makes any sense. Like, we didn't really – we weren't connecting passes that well together, but we were just staying as aggressive as we can against Winnipeg. First off, it's the first time playing them, so that's a good look. You know, play aggressive. Um, things just started looking our way. It's just – I don't know, man. I – I don't know what the deal is with Carey Price right now. And I hate to say that it's he's getting old, but Jake Carey, Allen's looking Carey really Price good is, compared to, to Carey Price right now. Carey Price is not the best goalie in the NHL. No, it hasn't been. Can he be? Yes, we saw it in the bubble. But to try and pretend that he still holds that title, I think is just – clownery at this point because oh. you're fooling yourself he's not Connor Hellbuck is the best goalie in the NHL right now and you don't want to know how I know that because every time we play him he does like shit like what he did last night against us that's what Price used to do to teams 37 saves that's ridiculous Price used to do that all the time when was the last time Carey Price made a 37 save performance let alone a 37 save win for the Habs right it feels like every game he's putting at least three are going by him yeah and, and some I, of them are just kind of fucking foolish like I'm not gonna like, wonders yeah I'm not gonna lie and say our defense has been perfect because a lot of it like what we saw with that overtime winner Jalen Jalen Jake Allen was screened by Deneau mm-hmm and it went in, and he tried to play it off as, oh, I could, probably could have been there. But even he admitted he was screened. Price has just been bad. And I get that our defense is, you know, has some issues, but Carey Price of old, the best goalie in the world, is going to make those saves regardless. They're going to give their team a chance to win every night, and Carey Price does not and has not done it this year for us. Right. Um, I think also it's like to have been that, you know, to what like Connor Hellbuck's doing right now, to know that Carey Price was that, I'm sure this is it's just as much of a mental game for him as it is trying to find his way back, you know. Um, well, I think, too, you have, to, you have to understand, like, these people are human beings. Carey mm-hmm. Price is so fucking aware of what everyone's saying about him. Every everybody like no matter what they say if they oh I don't I don't care you're lying. Everybody is at least in some way affected by what other people are saying about them. And when you're a professional athlete in Canada, and Brian Burke likes to say this all the time, Canadians hate 
overpaid athletes. They hate them. That's why Price is getting this slander, a lot of slander, at least on Twitter. Right. Because if Price is making six million dollars, it's it's a still a big deal, but it's not it's not this. And if you're telling me Carey Price isn't aware that he's making ten point five million dollars a year, and that he should be playing to a ten, to the expectations of a ten point five million dollar a year goalie, you're like I'm gonna say you're ridiculous. Um, but I mean, he's not the only one who's, who's kind of missing. I mean, I, I truthfully think he's the most important one that's kind of missing this step right now, but, um, every game, you know, our, our penalties are just getting out of this world and you, you can't win. You can't win like that. Like, I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I guess I do. It, it's really coming from, you know, um, losing your man and trying to, you know, trying to hook him or, uh, you know, like just trying to get some type of leverage on him and we get caught. And then our PK, it ain't as, you know, it ain't as scary and lethal as it was when we first started when it was, we're going to just get a fucking goal. So, I mean, like the last two games, they, they kept saying we're going up against the number 13 uh, power play in the league. And I mean, shit, in two games, they scored fucking two power play goals out of seven. But I mean, that's still, you know, like we, we, we shouldn't be giving up seven penalties in just two games. And, and granted, that might not be the biggest number. But when you are known, when every game they say we're the uh, penalty leaders in the league right now, Something something should be, you know, talked about. And it probably is, but, like, it seems like it's not getting through our heads that we have got to find a way. I, I'd rather let the guy blow past him a bit and try to catch him, you know, later than just take the, the immediate, like, penalty. I understand if it's, like, if it's about to lead to a fucking goal, it's a breakaway, take the fucking penalty. But, like, some of these is just getting fucking ridiculous. Yeah, no, I agree. This team... I think has been screwed by refs a bit. I'll be honest. Like, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. But it's also a discipline issue. Ben Sherratt's in the penalty box almost every night. <laughs> like, that, yes. how many penalty minutes does he have now? It's getting ridiculous. And when you're supposed to be one of our top pairing guys, we need you out there for the PK. And when you're the guy causing the penalty, well, it's, you know what I mean? There's a problem. He's got 39 penalty minutes. 39 penalty minutes in 19 games. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And it, it's like you're saying, it's straining our penalty kill. He's he's a leader out there. Um uh, and he's he, he's been the hot hand, you know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that he might he might be leading our fucking team right now in penalties, but uh, I think he is. I wouldn't be surprised if you know if that's one stat that everyone finally has together as a unit is, is penalty minutes. Well, uh, it is it, tough, dude. It's, are we going up against Ottawa next and Ottawa plays desperate, which is how we should be playing. And I wouldn't be surprised if we, uh, if we get beat because we're just not, we're not taking the desperate man's route right now, which is what we should do. I feel like we're trying to weigh on, hey, we, you know, we were really good in the beginning. That's fine. But 
you know, now we're not. We need to play that desperate hockey. And the Senators are fucking right up our ass. Only fucking uh, two go- two game two wins behind us. Like that's not that does not feel good to know that. You know, at least it's, as a fan, it's gotten to the point where you say we're playing the Senators, and I'm not even excited. Fuck no, you, like. We knew that they were going to be a tough team to play because, like, they could be, you know, they have zero games on the board. They already know what's going to happen this season, or they at least have a good prediction of it, and they're immediately playing desperate, hungry hockey. If they're going to come out and, and just play physical, anything counts, you know? And we we're like, no, we're trying to keep it clean, and and we're trying to win respectfully. And it's fuck we're that. Not, like, we're not. We're not trying to do that. We're just. <laughs> there's no. I don't want to say there's no sense of urgency because, like, when the guys give interviews, you can tell they're a little rattled. Yeah, they're not playing with it. And you know, talk about slumping guys like. I think the big fucking bad bully in Montreal right now has to be Philip Deneau. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm big on this. I want to give praise before I criticize. Philip Deneau, last year, was being praised by this entire fucking fan base for being our fucking diamond in the rough, our godsend. We were telling everyone we need to vote him for the Selkie. (laughs) He was on Mount Olympus. And in the offseason, he does what so many players have done and rejects a con because he wants to play for, you know what? Like, why why are we upset? Yeah, why are we upset by this? He wanted, he bet on himself, and it's clearly not paying off because he's slumping. But you know how often players do that? Mika Zabinajad's doing it in New York. Same situation. I, you know how many UFA or like pending UFAs probably went to this season and, you know, rejected deals because they want to p- play for a bigger contract. And I understand the whole Corona situation, but no one really knows how it's going to play out next year. So let's not like, we're, we're keyboard warriors here. Let's not sit behind <laughs> our fucking phones or our laptops and tweet about Philip Deneau's financial situation because at the end of the day, he's going to retire with a hell of a lot more money than any of us have. And he's still a phenomenal hockey player. He just bet on himself and it's looking like a mistake. And in saying that... A tough season's a tough season. It's a tough season for Philip Deneau. Um... I think, like you said, like or say, like I was saying, he was on Mount Olympus, and now he's, you know, everyone, everyone's favorite punching bag. Essentially, right. it's got to be tough. It's a real fall from grace for him. Um, what, like, how would you deal with that situation? Right, you're probably not going to be calm. You're, he thought he scored the other night. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, see how happy he was. Yeah. That's clearly a guy who cares. And to be an NHLer, to be a first round draft pick, which he was, 
to play on the Montreal Canadiens' first line, which he did, and I'm not saying he's a first-line center, but to pretend that Deneau did a bad job in that role, I think is just, I don't know, you're looking for a narrative. You're just trying think, to shit on him. I think when you look at Deneau of last season, like that is the perfect one, you know, one C right now. Um, effective offensively and is one of the top defensive forwards. You know, I don't, I don't see that as, as a role. Like if he plays like he does last season and the previous season, like this, that's, that's, his, what I'm that's saying. his spot. Like everyone's acting like this is the real Philip Deneau. Oh my God. How could, how dare you demand more than $5 million a year? Are you fucking kidding me? Look what we've seen from him for the last three years. Over 40 points, 50, hovering. What did he get? Did he get 50 last year? I think he got 50 last year. Like, he's not a first-line center. I'm sorry. Can he play that role on a developing on a developing roster like he did last year? Yes. But he also centered one of the best lines 5v5 in the entire NHL, which is part of our problem, which I'll – get into in a few seconds but is he slumping yes he's playing like shit does he deserve the ice time he's getting no but that's not Deneau's fault is I guess my point like we need to take a step back and not try to vilify a guy who's not playing well but he's also not being put in a position to succeed right oh he should be on the third line Last season, he got 47 points. I mean, he would have easily broke the 50 mark. Um, I think, I think, um, how do I say this? I think, I think what's really happening with this team, and you can see it in players like to know, is, um, is the allotted time they're getting on ice is, is, is shifted so much because we brought in so, we've brought in so many new weapons that your smallest slump is noticed like instantly and, yeah, it, and it immediately gets affected and it's not a small slump for the at this point no but i mean it's still not the worst in the world like for him sure like com- comparing him to his last two seasons but i mean he's got eight assists eight points right now um another thing while I, while i'm thinking about it ben Sherrod has like double he literally has two times as many penalty minutes than anyone on the team. Closest is Jake Evans and Shea Weber with 18. Josh Anderson also has 18. But back That's to the no. I don't think – I mean, also, you know, I don't think this Julian thing, I don't think the firing of Kirk Muller and, and Claude Julian, like this wasn't – I wouldn't say this wasn't uh, unexpected. Like look at the look at the way he was playing everyone. Look at the way he was sitting players that were had one bad night or, or not even really a bad night, just a unnoticed night. Um like Philip Deneau, I don't really see him being able to get out of this funk if you start moving key members of his line like No, I think you have to. Or, but I, okay. I, I just see it a I little just... differently, you know, but I ain't tripping. You know, I, like, I think that was good to put uh, to Foley up there, but like, hear me out, okay? Like I said, he's been a member of one of the most dominant five v five line five v five lines in hockey. Montreal is still one of the most dominant five v five teams in the league. If you look at the advanced stats, if you watch them play five v five, Montreal kills. 
But once again, we're getting crippled by our special teams. And because guys like Ben Sherrod are taking so many fucking penalties, we never play 5v5. Okay. That's a problem, too. All right. Back to the Deneau thing. Yes, he was and is a member of that phenomenal 5v5 line. But I don't think you get him out of this. Like, we've tried force-feeding him line mates. We've given him... I think we've given him every winger in our top six except for Drew N. We've tried everything, and it hasn't worked. Just if we're going to lose games, we did we not talk about how we're going to live or die by Kakani, I mean, Suzuki this year? How come mm-hmm. KK is still playing 13 minutes a game? Deno, put Dino on a shutdown line with Armia and Lekkanen. No one's – like, who's going to – Score on that line, right? Play play him to his advantages right yes. now. If he's not being offensive, let him be. You know the selkie candidate he's supposed to be. Yeah, he can be an effective player in a third line role easily. We're talking about him playing first line minutes. You put Dino against third liners every night. You know, first of all, he's gonna shut him down. Secondly, you think he's not gonna chip in some offense against easier competition? It'll come to him and it'll give him some confidence. And you're going to give our third fucking overall draft pick finally a top six opportunity. He's never got it. KK hasn't played in the top six once in his entire time in Montreal. So I just think like, holy fuck. I just, it's so obvious to me. Like if it's not working, why are you like, Doing the same thing repeatedly over and over again, expecting different results is the definition of insanity. And putting Deneau out on the first line and expecting different results after we've seen what's happening game in, game out. I understand I where you're coming it's, from. It's, uh, it's dumb. I like, like, I like your, the way you put it. It made me think about my comment a little bit more. And I think you're right. Why, why would you move uh, Tatar around when it's not necessarily – the, the slow end, you know, the the non-productive one on the first line. Yeah, he's not playing good, but he's not the main problem. Right. I can agree with that. And, I mean, having to know next to a Jake Evans ain't, ain't no pushover. Like, Jake Evans has shown us in the very beginning of the season. I mean, he still does. We're just in a bit of a slump right now. That's an effective player who plays very aggressive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe utilize them, like you said, as a shutdown line could really benefit us right now. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think, too, I mean, just talking about Jake Evans, I don't think he's played great the last few games. No. And it is what it is. It's, he's a rookie. It's the whole team's playing like dog shit right now. But he better watch himself because – Ryan Palin's coming for his job. <laughs> Have you seen any uh, Palin highlights in the AHL? This guy is a man on a mission. And that's what I – we. this team needs that. Yeah, you need a grit player who's who's hungry. And they, this- any – yeah, for, even for leak. Uh, we need that. A guy who, like, put him in the lineup. I want to see – What he's going to bring. Like, Corey yeah. Prairie, first six games he was here – you know, because well, you want to see in the lineup, right? Yeah. 
you don't want to lose you if you get that spot after waiting for that long you don't want to fucking lose it let's give some guys some opportunities and make the other guys have to fight for their jobs because right now they're, they're not fighting for themselves or for the team maybe they'll fight for themselves right i like that i like how you put that because uh there's some there's some key members that are just really kind of missing the ball. Yeah, and and I, like I said, it's a whole it's a whole team issue. Suzuki scored last night, and which was a phenomenal goal, <clears throat> but it was his first goal in how long? It's only his fifth on the year. Yeah, and I'm not like shitting on the play of Suzuki, but he is in a slump. The whole team is slumping right now. And I think what we saw at the start of the year was a team that. One, beat up on a very poor Vancouver roster and a team that was all clicking at the same time. And right now they're all slumping. So this is what we're seeing. I don't think it's going to remain like this the whole year. I think Montreal will make the playoffs, but if they want that second seed, they're going to have to fucking fight for it. Like no games off. And it starts with Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Dominic Ducharme, I don't care that we lost last night. Jake Allen gets the start. I mean, I I, and I, I like I that. Know. Change it up. Change it up. Because yeah. maybe know, he needs more rest. Fuck it. Like, well, I know damn well Carey Price is going to be in that net. <laughs> they're going to live, and what I think is more likely, they're going to die by Carey Price. But Jake Allen hasn't played a bad game. And now, knock on wood, but he's been our best goalie this year. Yes, he like, has. like it just I it like we said he's here to ch- he's here to challenge Price and play a bunch of games. Let him challenge him. Because remember how amazing Price played when Yarrow Halak was stealing his job. Mm-hmm. Came back with a vengeance. Light the fire under him. Price hasn't had a challenge in a very long time, so we finally got someone who can do it. Give it to him. And if Allen can win us some games at the end of the day, what's happening with Carey Price, I think is tragic because we're going to see our fan base is going to turn on him and we should be nothing but grateful for that man. He did everything to deserve that contract. (laughs) Like I'm not going to fault a player for taking a $10.5 million contract if it's offered to me. I don't think we should pay goalies that much, but that's besides the point. Price gave this city and this organization absolutely everything for years. He gave us a chance to win. He carried us to the Eastern Conference Finals, and we saw what happened when dumbass Kreider took him out. We were finished. We're toast. So I I think it's going to be sad, but to see people turning on him, and I really wish and hope we can win a cup with him, but it's not looking like that. And I think – I don't know if Price is going to have a very seemly exit from Montreal if it continues like this. Right. I don't know. Like, you see it every year. Like, you you see, like, a a guy from, you know, just, just a, a home staple guy start to decline or retire. And I hate to say it because, you, you know, Carey Price has fooled us in the past. You know, we thought – it was, you know, wrapping up and then games, you know, like things like the bubble, 
you know, like almost like reassure you that he's still he's still there and he's still very capable of doing it. It's just the consistency and the inconsistency of it. We don't know what we're going to get, but it's almost you know that time's coming. And I'm guessing, you know, just like our entire fan base, it's like, are we seeing the end of Carey Price? Like, is this is this the end of, of our godsend that we were never able to help? You know, win. No, we squandered Carey Price. We did. It's the it's like the way Hashik's career was squandered by shit, like when he was in Buffalo is mm-hmm. kind of like what happened with Montreal. The way Matt Sundin wasted away in Toronto, like a truly phenomenal, like a top five goalie talent. Of all time. I think you could easily say that about Carey Price. But yeah, it's it's tragic. I genuinely like it feels blasphemous to hate on Price. And I think maybe that's where Bergevin and the coaching staff are coming from. Like, how can we turn our backs on this guy when we failed him? You know what I mean? Like, right. but you just gotta suck it's reality, suck it up. He's not playing well. It, at the end of the day, it's a business, and the business is winning hockey games. If Carey Price can't do that for us, I'm sorry. I have the most, utmost respect for what he's done, like I said, and who he is, but Jake Allen needs to start. Yeah, you're right. It's just, it's, it's just t- a tough pill, dude. That is a tough fucking pill, you know? Yeah, but um, I think it's one we have to swallow. <laughs> hundred percent like you know that time's coming nothing lasts forever and the Caden Primo is going to challenge for that net one day so why we keep drafting goalies you know what I mean too Price's future in Montreal isn't going to be he's he doesn't have another five years here if he picks it up this game even if he does sorry it's not there's no way so I don't I'd rather Start to make a transition now. Well, we still have a chance to win hockey games. Then later on, and just waste another year of entry level contracts for our young guys, and you know, a, a year in which we can win. We can. We this team can win. It's 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 tough. Right, and uh, I try to get off of this sad <laughs> this sad thought. And I mean, it's not much better, but um. You know, going into OT last night, you know, we definitely had a fucking chance uh, because both teams were playing. We just couldn't find a back in that. Um, but you were able to kind of read uh, Ducharme's lips. And, I mean, he made a good point, right? He basically said that, um, that we're trying to force the puck. And he just – he what you could – what you were able to read was like uh, – like slow down, like like let let the play come to you. And what the fuck did we do? But immediately get hungry and see that I don't even remember who looked like they had a shot at a breakaway. But he was completely surrounded. Like to get the puck to him was just, um. And we we were hungry and we went for it. And guess what? It went down the ice. They got the puck and they immediately fucking scored. But, um. I feel like that that's something that's been our problem lately too, is like, we're just kind of, we're kind of 
looking like Connor McDavid when he first started. He was just so fast, and he could outrun everybody, but just didn't know what the fuck to do. And the you know when he got past everybody, um, I, I like I like the idea that he was saying to slow it down because lately we've just been kind of expecting our you know our quickness to to get us out of trouble, and all it's doing is forcing the puck back down the other way. But I, I did. I thought that was I thought that was smart, especially in last night's game because we were, you know, it could have gone either way if, you know, whoever was lucky was going to get that. But, um, I guess to lighten it up a bit, did you see Jordan Bennington's exit in the Sharks game last night? I did. How <laughs> how awesome is that? You know, this team's just like had a shit night. My cousin's a big Sharks fan. Said it was one of the most back and forth games he's ever seen in his life. Um, but a, a rough night for Jordan Bennington. He gets pulled and on his exit, he, he just starts shit with everybody. Skate. So I guess one of the Sharks players said something. Yeah, him. absolutely said something because Jordan Bennington's not going to hold his his composure. I think there needs to be some context too. Uh, were they playing in St. Louis? No, they were playing uh, in San Jose. San Jose or Arizona if they're still playing in Arizona. But well, anyway, the exit for when you're pulled there isn't through the back. It's you got to skate across the ice and go out the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's skating by the Sharks bench. I guess someone says something. Yeah, people are just him, chirping the piss out of him. And he starts chirping back, and he goes over and he fake punches Eric Carlson in the face. Well, before he even gets to that, he fucking basically like tries to fold. Uh, I can't read his number. Whoever fifty one is, he he pushes him at the at oh, the yeah, wall. It was, it was then, a then he fakes fucking. <laughs> then he fakes uh, Carlson. And then Dubnik, I guess what did du- Dubnik said? He told him, "You're one hundred sixty five pounds. What the fuck do you think you're gonna do, or something like that?" And they start. It it was funny, dude. To say the goalie least. fight should they should have just let that happen? Why not? Why not? Because you, because you, because you know they were already gonna, they were already gonna penalize him and, and give him a fine for for flinching Eric Carlson, who fucking deserves it. But <laughs> just, just let him go, dude. Like, what, what more excitement do you want from a fucking game? Like, an exiting goaltender that's got a a hot head, and, and Devin Dubnik still wants to fucking, you know, still wants to rumble. Let it, let it happen, dude. Oh, like, Dubnik would have folded him. I don't care. I don't care who would have won that, dude. That ain't no better way to get back in a game than on your exit to fire up your team. Like, someone's got to do it. (laughs) I mean, Tom said this team's playing like shit, you know? (laughs) Fair enough. But uh, I saw that. My cousin hit me up this morning. He's like, did you fucking see that? He's like, I was praying for the fucking goalie fight. Like, man, that's awesome. I wish I actually would have watched that uh last night as well but i think we're gonna wrap it up here folks i know this has been a sad fucking episode you know but like sometimes like our play is sad and we we have to comment on it and you know maybe this is this is the perfect monday episode you know (laughs) there wasn't really anything positive to say nick suzuki is young patrick kane at this point when he finds these insane um insane goals but um, yeah, I think we're gonna close it out. Mason, Mason has got to get to work. He's the busiest man in the world. But uh, why don't you close this out, man? You got anything else for us? 
Uh, no, I got nothing. There's, I, I think I left it all on the table today. All right. No problem. No problem. Well, folks, this has been Habs Nightly. Thank you all so much for listening. Please give us a follow at Habs Nightly and at Bayou Benders on Twitter. We hope you guys have a great week. And I hope, you know, I think we all hope that the Habs find a turning point soon. We'll talk to you guys Thursday. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.